What's up, everybody? My name is True. I am here with the lovely Domo Monster and Super James. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Green Room Radio. Yes, another edition uh, with some legends on the show today. We man. got some legends on the show, show today. Show. Two very special guests. We got DJ Swamp and we also got Dennis Nahat in the building tonight. Pretty pretty crazy What's to up, get guys? them both here together at one time. We gotta right. we gotta just oh, yeah, off the top from that story. It's crazy. Yeah, right right from the rip, uh, swamp. Uh, you got a really interesting story here with Dennis. Uh, yeah. That that that, that <laughs> we need we need to get to the bottom of this. Uh, so so what is your relationship with Dennis? How how did you guys link? And I know you've mentioned something about this is thirty years later. Yeah yeah I. Uh... Years ago, uh, I was breakdancing in the Cleveland Ballet. I was a professional dancer, as I told you, at 19. And uh, I, you know, tried out, like, there was like 500 people tried out breakdancing for the Cleveland Ballet's production of Us. So and so who broke down? Who got in and who got, was that you, Dennis? Did, were, were, were you in charge of picking who made it and who didn't make it? Correct. I was the choreographer and at that time the artistic, founding artistic director of the Cleveland Ballet, which later became Cleveland San Jose Ballet. And I did a production in, 70, in 74, 75, and 76 for the bicentennial of oh. a cavalcade of American dances from the early square dance. And then every decade I would add the, the fad and so it was breakdancing time. Yeah. And I auditioned a lot of guys and Swamp was. So so do you so I know this is thirty years later, but when sure you got is. when you got the call from Swamp, did you remember who he was? Sure. You know, I always wonder, you know, I saw that, that was there was such a big group of people and probably through all the auditions. No, but I worked with him, you know, after we selected the people that could be I couldn't have everybody in it, so I selected like a dozen dozen guys and a dozen women at the same time. So we had two good sections of uh, guys and uh, girls dancing. Yeah. And, and so, made a whole big, big, beautiful section. For and was it all, was it all the, what, it, what is that called? B-boy style dancing or was it a little bit of everything? I think a little bit of everything. And these, these guys came in with stuff for me. You know, they came in with Ready their, to go. their material mm -hmm. that I could choose and pick and edit and put together something you know you know you got to use the talent that comes in yeah no it's, it's kind of crazy because I've, I've known swamp for about 10 years he he reminded me when we saw each other the other day it had been 10 years since we seen each other well you know me for about 18 oh yeah i know him for a long time but it, we, we we somehow lost 10 years of sure well, we uh, were on the phone yeah we, we we'd be on the phone but we, we just, just didn't realize it had been 2011 the last time I'd probably actually seen each other. Yeah, and what was interesting was uh, his he when we did we did a show with Swamp yesterday that was uh, phenomenal. And what was interesting about that is what, what were you saying, Swamp? It was one year ago. One year exactly, because uh, last year I played Hawaii. My last show was Hawaii on February 29th, Leap Year Day, and then this was March 1st which is technically exactly a year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, it's crazy how that works. Yeah. Uh, so what So what? What did you see here in, in, in young Ron Keyes uh, that made you select him? He had an in individual ability and a good look. I mean, he, his movement ate up space. And that's what I like, you know, when, they, when young people come in with these abilities from God, you know, then that's, it's, it's, a lot of it's not even trained. It's, it's their own ability and all i did was harness it and put it together with a bunch of other people and they 
literally stole the show, brought down the house. The rest of the company, professional ballet dancers and, and dancers, didn't have a chance. Once these kids came on the stage, that was yeah. No, you know, he he had told me a story when I was working with him about ten years ago. You know, he was saying that when he was out with Beck, he would you know he would break dance and he'd sure. go out there and do headspins. And when you look at Swamp now, you know he's a really big guy, and I'm yeah, just like right. try, I'm trying to imagine him doing <laughs> a headspin. <laughs> and so when I when I seen this video, uh, yeah, I, I was just I was shocked. You know, say after seeing that video that uh that uh mr swamp here was the man from cleveland was the man. long long before machine gun kelly what yeah. were you what were you getting into uh before you you know went to this point is like was it like street dancing or i mean obviously yep. you were active in it what, what was that like for you everything you know <laughs> making rap music and uh djing i was i was going on the college radio shows when i was 15 years old <laughs> uh you know still in high school making four track tape mixes yeah things like that and making demos for people and you know going going on the radio doing doing shows and stuff uh the, i started i, I was i i you know i was kind of doing everything the break dancing the djing and mm -hmm. the rapping the djing is what ultimately took off yeah but you know i'm still i mean you you know i've i've, I've always still been real interested in breakdancing you know there's breakdancing in a lot of my music videos like worship the robots invasion of the b girls uh one and two uh, you know i filmed uh the best uh b girl breakdancers in 3d and mm -hmm. stuff like that yeah and I, I plan on doing more you know breakdancing is about to be in the olympics so yeah it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. Holy cow. so crazy now that I, uh, I have a lot of uh, ideas for more music videos that incorporate breakdancing and, you know, uh, just, you know, e evolving. Dance so it's just kind of good timing. It feels like, you know, when, with all this going on, you were doing a little bit of everything, but then you ended up, uh, you know, to yeah, audition. That, and... was, that was that was my peak, though, of my so, dance career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I how, how long did that go? How long was this, this show? On well, the show ran a week. Mm -hmm. But there was like but, nine shows. Though, yeah, right? it was a, it was a lot of shows for that for that you know yeah. a three thousand three hundred seat theater filled every day, every performance. Wow, that's oh, a lot. Wow. Yeah, it was for, it was Cleveland. huge. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and the governor was there. And everybody was there was to the see the governor. Go. Then was uh, it George Voinovich. that's right. George Voinovich. That's a good memory. And see, I <laughs> I tell people all the time, and I'd have to ask Dennis if he agrees with me on it. You know, when I when I see people in arts and entertainment, I tell people all the time, you either have it or you don't. All right. It's very simple, and I'm like this he guy. Had it. He had it. Not he, only he, did he have the the whereabouts to move and to do things that nobody else could do, but he brought in music, and he said he would change the music for me. So let's add a few things and let's oh, let's wow. fix this. Oh, wow. And he brought in a new tape. Yeah, I forgot about that. I I, I, I thought I did it when I listened to the, sure did. the video again, and I was like, I think that's me scratching back then yeah. too. <laughs> and I, then I thought I asked him, and he was like, Yeah, you brought in that tape. And, yeah, see, uh, I I mixed I, it up. I put Swamp a little bit in the diva category. So so back then, so when you were running it, like, okay, this is my show. Was he coming in as the diva? or did, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you know, he was just... Talent is talent. That's what it that is. It and, is, yeah. And you can call them divas, whatever. But, you know, I always said to my, my dancers and artists, you know, if you're going to come in here, you, you got to be really something if you're going to be a diva. Oh, yeah. And so, For sure. And of course, that was not, not the case at all. We, we worked well together, and I remember taking and learning from him. Well, it, it's funny because when he told me, you know, he actually asked me several times. He's like, he's like, he's like, do you think, do you think he'll show up? 
And I'm like, if if he, if he said he's coming, he's coming. Oh, you know, yeah. especially you know, especially if he's from Detroit. He said he's coming, he's coming. But what what was it? Was that odd to get a call when he was looking for this video? Well, I I said hello, and he said Ron is Dennis is Ron, Ron Keys from Break. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> just memories clicked right oh, away. Yeah, sure. I mean, That's I never awesome. forget people, <laughs> yeah. especially the dancers, because you work so intensely right, with them. Right, right. But and the fact that he was in Phoenix, Arizona, my family now lives in Phoenix, and that he may be coming to Vegas at some point in time. I said, well, listen, you know where I'm at. Call me. And so, and then he said, do you have that tape? And I had no idea I even had the tape. Because I thought 30 years later, well, that thing is gone. I mean, I don't have recordings of that. And a lot of moving back and forth across country. Yeah. And at yeah. one point when my company closed in San Jose, everything went missing. People take things, you know, when oh, companies yeah. close. You <laughs> know, yeah. Yeah. Costumes are gone. Uh, scenery is gone. Videos are gone. Music is gone. But I said, well, let me let me dig. And what was it, two weeks later or something like that? I yeah. Yeah, at least not, not even i think it was pretty quick i was i was like oh, well i went I, I was right there and so when you called <laughs> I, I, talk I, that way. I sort of knew where it could be mm -hmm. so i unearthed hundreds of boxes so what so was it in how did you find it what format was it in vhs oh, <laughs> yeah yeah so we so got the let's let, it and let's check out this video let's and let, let's see if you guys can guess which this one section is called <laughs> people 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 don't go on center stage because you'll slip and fall stay away from that spot <laughs> the, the, the dead zone. well it was already kind of uh the the ballet dancers put powder on their feet or something rosin is that what it is it's rosin so it makes it sticky so the, yeah there's a lot of that on so trying to break dance on that or well, you need the opposite <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of it's kind of rough i mean we we we, we managed but uh sure yeah, the did. wax paper helped with the head spin to get a little more momentum it yeah probably, it was great yeah so how many people did you audition for this particular show all those boys uh all those guys and uh, i would say about uh 24 24 well that's that's how many made it but like 500 yeah. people tried out oh yeah then, yeah for the tryout yeah. including an old man it was about 69 70 years old old man See, I, hey, I don't i don't know if you guys remember this but i saw a headline one time in akron ohio uh some guy came back for his fifth year senior but i think he was somewhere in his 50s and they actually let him play the football or whatever and we were, we were like wow that's nuts pretty brave pretty yeah brave. little kids came and and elderly people came so i picked a couple of those too i said hey Let's go. Let's take, make it. Take everybody. So you choreograph with what you got, with the material you have. So, so at the time, Swamp. So you were you were break dancing, DJing, producing, what, producing rapping, rapping. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So how often do you? Because I've seen a lot of your shows. How often do you actually rap live? Like I actually like in the time that we spent doing our show, uh, you, I, I never seen you do it. But then last night, you know, you have you, you just dropped that new video wearing my mask. 
Uh, and I and I you actually I saw you rap it last night, and well, I know that's well, whenever it's appropriate. I don't try to force it on nobody. You know, <laughs> I just you know yeah. I, I DJ and you know if 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 you know I, I do a lot of scratching. I do the magic. I do the fire, and then I you know throw in some red. It's like you know it keeps changing. Well, I was gonna say I was everything. gonna say I don't think it's a shy thing, but I just never seen you do it. And I see in the videos, and I'm like you. You're really good. You know, you're pretty damn good for Thanks. somebody who doesn't rap, uh, you know, on, on the regular. Right. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, that's that's some interesting stuff. So so when you did find the tape and get it and get it to him, how did how did you get it off the VHS to the <laughs> however? Well, I transposed it from VHS machine to to uh, um, a uh, hard drive and then I just sent it to him email. Well, yeah. Oh man, that's just nuts to be able to find that after this long. <laughs> no, I was crazy. Well, you know, thirty years ago, we there was a, we were told that we could come get a copy on one day. There was I one made, day. I made a bunch of copies for you. Wow. Yeah, then, hey, that's what he there says was a now. Crazy blizzard in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> like now, like how Cleveland probably is right now, and uh, we we didn't make it, and we kept thinking like, oh well, we'll get a tape from. Uh, uh yeah don you know don went we'll get a tape from don and we never were able to get a hold of anybody and yeah it was crazy uh i ran into some of those other dancers like five years later and i was like do you have a copy and they were like nah do you and it was like oh man we're never gonna get a copy and then, Dude, that, uh, it's actually insane whoa. because i mean i've traveled the world and i'm not a picture person I, i've done a million you know I, I have i've been in a bunch of pictures i've done a bunch of video i don't have nothing to, to to show Why? for it and it's be just like what you said you it's move you, you get it yeah i was telling him last night i said you know i had some epic footage of uh odb uh that did a rave for me i had eminem at his first rave sure. where i paid him 1500 bucks and he's actually laying there on a stage with a uh, proof doing a balloon a nitrous balloon <laughs> and i and i had it and i had it i was in an apartment and i rented a garage there and when we left we just left and the garage was filled to the brim with all kinds of photos and videos and you know it just it gets left behind i mean you just someone's got well, that someone's got that content somewhere you know yeah. i was running a, a major ballet company so i was responsible for its archives and its and its uh repertoire where was this ballet company? it was founded as the cleveland ballet in cleveland ohio it became the fifth largest uh most prestigious and advanced advanced company in the country then I, uh, I bedded down with the city of San Jose, California, and we became the only co-venture company. Uh, it was it's the one company serviced two cities on each each side of the country, mm -hmm. and so we traveled five times a year to San Jose and Cleveland. So was there? A, did you see a big difference between East Coast and West Coast audiences? Just styles and and in the in the performers. Well, the company was the same. Yeah, I hired all the same dancers. And we were one company that serviced two cities. Oh, so you'd go back and we'd forth. Fly so back it's, and forth. Okay, so gotcha. San Jose would bring us out, and then we did. And then I then I uh, collaborated with Atlanta, Atlanta Ballet, Ooh, and Ballet um, Nuevo de Mundo de Caracas of all places. So we were a four four companies in one for several years, wow. servicing. And so you had the same dancers traveling between everyone. same dancers, and wow. they put their dancers in my company. So. At that time, it was impossible to hire 50, 60, 70, 80 dancers. And some of my productions were huge, and they required that many people for that many performances. Who who, uh, who funded 
like something like this? Well, there's foundations like the Coolest Foundations, the the uh, Cleveland Foundation, the Gun Foundation, private contributions from uh, the the community. Yeah. We did fundraising all the time; it never stopped so, for 45 years. So, being that you were in Cleveland and Detroit, which which city is the more hardcore city? Because I heard Cleveland's pretty. <laughs> Cleveland is pretty advanced in its arts and, it's, our, and yeah. its support. Detroit was. Yes. And uh, I mean, there's more talent coming out of those two cities, probably covers the entire United States with its talent. Oh, yeah. And everybody from everybody from anywhere is from Detroit or Cleveland. Yeah. Are you a Bone Thugs and Harmony fan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to be. That's that's what I have. so so now when I think of Cleveland I think of Bone Thugs and Harmony and DJ Swamp breakdancing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> did you know I was in a group with Lazy Bone way before Bone Thugs? Really? I was really? the DJ. Yeah, and wow. uh, not too long after the ballet. Shout was, out to uh, Lazy Bone. I was a uh, DJ for K Chill, who had a local hit, "The Boom Booms in My Trunk." And that was his, he was he was he Cleveland was his city for like us one summer and he was he was a big deal and Lazy Bone was our hype man wow at like 16 <laughs> years old and we opened for the Ghetto Boys X Clan oh. Chub Rock Real Rock Sand mm. and I remember uh like you know Lazy Bone was only like 16 years old but he snuck in like a bottle of Wild Irish Rose and like got <laughs> all drunk and like I mean we did the show the show was great but. Uh, so did I, you guys go to the same was it the same high school or you guys just lived in the same area no I was out of high school at that point I was like 19 or 20 and lazy bone was probably about 16 or 17 and K chill was probably 19 and uh but uh the guy who uh you know that faces a death bone bone enterprise faces yeah. a death that was on the same label as K chill and K chill was the big deal on the label Stony Burke and uh, the same guy Kermit who owned the label uh, put out after he put out K Chill, the next group he put out was Bone Enterprise, and that was the Faces of Death tape. Wow. And so when Bone the when Bone went to L.A. and got signed by Eazy E to Ruthless Records, mm -hmm. uh, how did was, how did that happen? Did they just I mean did they have a connection with Eazy before so they went out there, or did they just go out there? They just went out there and they like somebody knew where tone loke lived and they knocked on tone loke's door and, like, was, hey was he doing the wild thing <laughs> they, 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 tone loke just looked at him like they were crazy or something and then uh yeah. they uh they got a, a hold of a phone number or something and kept calling ruthless records and i was gonna say if, had, uh, i was gonna tell these youngsters super james here in uh domo monster that when you're from detroit and you're from cleveland and you want to get in touch with somebody you get in touch with that person every time <laughs> well anyways they did <laughs> talk to easy on the phone and then uh so they actually got him on the phone they got him on the phone and uh crazy bone rapped for him and easy said something about like i'm yeah uh, y'all from cleveland i'm actually going to do a show in cleveland like next week or something you know but uh maybe maybe i'll holler at y'all when i get back or something and they were like we got to get back to cleveland and go to that show or something you know and yeah. they, they ended up like <laughs> getting getting a hold of him at the show it's crazy and that they, they had for him and yeah. they were like he was like y you guys are the guys that i was talking to on the phone and then they all rapped for him and then he was like yeah all right so what do you guys want to do you, you you ready to go to la and they were like uh yeah he was like you want me to buy you some plane tickets and they were like 
They had never flown. They were like, nah, we'll take the bus. And they, and they, like, he bought them. Not doing so that. So they got them bus no tickets. Way. And yeah. And, uh, they, yeah, uh, you know what? I think Busy Bone, I've done so many shows with, with Bone. I don't think Busy Bone flies still to this day. And I think he's always having, you know, I don't know what uh, they did when they went out of the country, but I know that uh, Busy Bone was based out of Seattle for a while, and I did a show with him in Florida. Huh. And yeah, he drove. He, he oh, said no yeah. no flights. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know well, if that's been like that the whole time, but. Yeah. Well, anyways, though, they, I guess like they, they rode the Greyhound back to LA <laughs> and uh, Sounds like we're dumb. writing all the rhymes for Creeping on a Come Up on the Greyhound bus the whole six days or whatever it takes to mm. get from Cleveland to LA on the Greyhound. Oh my God. And, uh, six days. Holy cow. They said they, they were, they were, they were happy the whole time. They were like stoked because they, they knew they, where they were going. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't, you yeah. know? And at the same time, maybe that gave them. Who, who uh, did you, who did you, it's a surprise that they put crazy on the phone with them because you know, don't they consider busy bone? I guess the, the the voice of bone i mean or, or is it always I think been busy answered the phone and and handed the phone to crazy and said rap and <laughs> the thing about it was if you listen to bone enterprise faces of death there's only one song where they rap like bone and that's crazy bone doing the style the rest of the time they're pretty much rapping like onyx or something like you know pretty pretty normal the not the bone way different not the yeah. it's regular rapping yeah. not the style that they came with that bone thugs and harmony is known for yeah. yeah so anyways when they did that uh the the one verse i think it's poetry in motion mm -hmm. um from faces of death the verse that crazy bone did on there that was that weird style that's what he kicked to him on the phone and that's what sold it so i think they just, you know, knew that they knew themselves that that was the the What's style. What's roll with? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, but anyways, though, like that, like I was saying, Lazy had got drunk at the uh, Real Roxanne show and jumped up on stage and like started like, like dancing with her and stuff. And security pulled him off, and uh, Kate Chill <laughs> got mad at him and like took off because he was his ride. And he came up to me. I wasn't even a uh, DJ Swamp then. My name was Psycho One, and he came up to me. And he was like, "Psycho, they left me, man. You gotta give me a ride home." <laughs> so I gave him a ride all the way home yeah. to like 99th and St. Clair, like uh, you yeah. know, in my Chevette, and uh, he was oh rapping for me the whole time. And I wow. was, I really, I did see it. I was just like, "Wow, I didn't realize you were so good," because uh, he was just our hype man. Yeah. And, I, and I, at the same time, I didn't like the name Lazy Bone. I was just like, "What is that?" Gotta, yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean. I was like, you know, I don't know, but uh, yeah. And I and then when I saw Bone, Bone, Bone Enterprise would come to the studio. They were on like a posse cut that I scratched on for K Chill. Like this was in '92, like years before uh, Creeping yeah. on a Come Up came out. So and uh, so, yeah, I remember going. I'd go to Popeyes with them across the street in the studio, <laughs> and uh, it was just four of them then. Uh, Flesh and Bone wasn't part of it yet, but when they signed with Easy E, uh, I asked Kermit like, "What, what, what's the deal with that? Like, I mean, do you get paid for like signing Ruthless?" He's like, "I don't get a dime, but that con but that whole contract is a breach of contract. They, uh, I, I, they, they're signed to my label, and." Uh, I guess that's why they changed from Bone Enterprise to Bone Thugs and Harmony because they he owned that Bone Enterprise name and then that faces a death like after the Ruthless uh you know creeping on a come up came up 
you know, he re-released that bone, uh, that faces of death and sold like crazy and was just like, Hey, <laughs> you go to, you're not going to get none of that money because you're lucky that I even let you sign to easy. Oh man. That's, that's crazy. So Dennis, yeah. did you know what, what went on with swamp after your time with him? I sort of knew during the time. Yeah. A lot of the guys would talk and, and he would, he mentioned a few things, but I had no idea he was going in that direction. Did, did other years. members of this class and stuff? I mean, have you been in contact with anybody? No. Nobody. No, just just, no. just old Ronnie. You swamp? You, have you talked to anybody from from that? No. Oh well, my well, one one is like my best friend, Mike. Mm -hmm. He made it too, mm -hmm. and uh, I talked to him all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you're so then you're going from Shout uh, out Mike Matero <laughs> <laughs> from that, um, and then let's jump to the DMC stuff, man. That was your first time in DMC, right? Yeah. When you won. Yeah. Um, so that that's a big jump from the breakdancing. Now you're just DJ battle. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was. I, started... I know you're DJing anyway, hey, but I'm just saying. Swamp, can I get you to scoot back a little bit? I'm, sure. I'm, I'm hearing we're having camel, camera difficulties because you're you're blocking out little Domo monster over here. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it's all it's all good. Uh, well, okay, yeah. go to the you said the DMC battles. Yeah, yeah, I sent some DMC video as well. Um, but so, how was that jump? Where did that come in for you? You just, you just... I uh, actually started going to Detroit, hanging out with DJ Shotgun, who ended up uh, and Lynn Swan. Lynn Swan scratched on Eminem's first uh, yeah. uh, the Slim Shady LP, and Shotgun and uh, Lynn Swan were the Twelve Tech Mob, and uh, I, they were the first ones that ever gave me DMC videos, and that was in 1992. Mm -hmm. They they gave me a whole bunch of DMC videos up in Detroit. Shotgun went on to be Goody Mob's DJ, and okay. uh, yeah. And Good, Goody Mob is what, who? Atlanta. No, but what, what's his Dungeon family? What's his yeah. other name though? The Goody Mob, the, the lead singer. CeeLo. CeeLo. Yeah, CeeLo. Oh, yeah. Shout yeah. out to CeeLo. Where's he been? He's actually yeah. out here somewhere. Is he? Yeah, he had a, he has a residency that obviously got canceled because of COVID. But yeah, he was about to start one uh, this last year. Yeah. But yeah, they got me the the, the videos, and then uh, I there was a phone number at the end credits of the of the DMC videos, and I started kind of religiously ordering them as they came out. Like every year, I was kind of watching it, so I saw the evolution of when DJ when, and when did that start? When was the first DMC battle? The first one was in 1986. I don't know if there's video of that or that they definitely didn't sell videos of it. But uh, I had I went back and bought like 89 and 90. Those were like the years that DJ Aladdin won and uh, Qbert won in 19. Yeah, didn't uh, I've always heard this thing. I, I mean, I don't know exactly how it goes, but didn't Qbert win so many consecutively that they actually Cut stopped him letting him? <laughs> no, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, uh, what, what actually, shout out to Qbert, by the way. What, <laughs> what, what actually happened is Qbert got as far as me he won the usa and then uh the world championships was the first year they had the team battle in 1992 and but they were the only team that entered in the usa and they won and then they went against a bunch of other teams in scratch pickles the, right scratch pickles well or was that before that it was called the rocksteady djs before they became the scratch pickles oh, okay or they might have been two different names that it was in they entered the contest as the rocksteady djs mm -hmm. and then they defended it as the dream dream team, team. Yeah, yeah yeah and uh that, that but they so took they apollo out of the group huh they, that was when apollo wasn't it was just him and mcmaster mike right, right? dream team apollo yeah. had joined uh bradford marcellus's touring band or mm -hmm. something like that mm -hmm. and uh so they won two years in a row 
but I guess there was some the what I've heard is that DJs didn't want to enter solo and compete against teams. Yeah. So they eliminated sense. the team battle. They mm -hmm. said you could come back individually and compete, but you can't be no a team. team. Yeah. And that's what ended it. And yeah. That, what year was that? 1994. Okay. Well, it was not. They technically won 92 and 93, but mm -hmm. 93 was held in 94, and it was kind of like a year <laughs> like, skip. Yeah. So. It's kind of like 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 when I won it was technically it says 95 96 but I don't try to act like I won twice. <laughs> but theirs is 92 93 94 mm -hmm. but they won twice. Twice. Okay. That makes sense. And then he did the one solo, the first one in 91. Solo. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so when did the so, so I know with these DM you know when when artists are coming up, you know, they're obviously scoping out the whole DMC uh, scene to uh, pick up a tour DJ. How did you uh, come into contact with uh, with uh, Beck? Well, after okay, so in 1992, I won this Cleveland. It was Cleveland's biggest uh, DJ contest they had ever had, called Rap Fest '92. They had a rap battle and a and a DJ battle, and I won the DJ battle. And it was covered in Source magazine and all this and that. And I couldn't believe I won. And it was you know it was a big deal in Cleveland. And I was thinking, this is this is it. I'm I'm on. I got booked in like to do a show in like Syracuse and got got a residency DJing in a club in Pittsburgh. But that was it. That was all that led to. What What was your DJ name at that time? Psycho One. Psycho One. <laughs> yeah, but there were too many psychos, and it was like, uh, you know, Lords of the Ground had that song Psycho, and it just seemed like it was psychos. It was just too many psychos. Did, did you call yourself something as a dancer? Was it, no. you just it was just Ron? Uh, no, I was in different groups, but I don't think I had a b boy name. Yeah, because what uh, was that? Group? What is it? you said it I earlier? Was, the the rock I was steady Psycho crew? One yeah. DJ DJ Psycho One at fifteen years old. So it was actually like really like deep to me to change my name to Swamp. It's a long but, time, <laughs> but people liked it right away. Like everybody started calling me Swamp. What year was that? that people was... did, people didn't like saying Psycho. Yeah, because yeah. you, you won DMC as Swamp, right? A Swamp. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was in 1996. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So after I had won the 1992 one, and I just thought everything was gonna fall into my lap, <laughs> I was not gonna let that happen. After I won in 1996, so mm -hmm. I started sending out tapes to everyone, like of the contest, and you know this and that. And uh, I, I actually I had the choice. I could have DJed for Beck, Kid Rock, or Insane Clown Posse. I had those gigs in the bag mm -hmm. and I chose Beck because Beck was the obvious choice because he was already a platinum artist. Right. Kid Rock just coming up. wasn't just really coming anybody up. yet and Insane Clown Posse wasn't really anything yet. So but in hindsight, I couldn't have made a wrong decision because all those artists ended went up platinum. Being, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I still have kind of worked with all of them too. You know, I've worked with Twisted and I performed at Insane Clown Posse's Gathering of the Juggalos and, uh, you know, hung out with shaggy too dope riding around on golf carts and stuff <laughs> so it's all love and i did scratch on kid rock's album uh devil without a cause that sold mm -hmm. 15 million copies and you know actually uh met eminem at the studio that day wow and but when eminem was nobody knew who it was, it was like a year this. before anybody even you know oh, before yeah. any high my name is or anything 
Yeah, that's what I said. I said back, you know, when I when 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 I booked him for my rave, he was just doing raves, and I didn't even know what a rave was. Like I, I didn't, I wasn't into electronic music, and you know, I was like, yo, I'll give you fifteen hundred to do this thing. But he already had my name is, but you know, he was just doing little local shows, uh, but it, it hadn't it hadn't popped yet. Yeah, another funny thing though about when I was sending out those tapes to everybody, anybody like, how are you I, getting their addresses on the back to... of my records? I would see like you know. If I saw an address to a record company, I sent. So here's the thing: I saw I had a Death Row records, and I sent it to <laughs> Death Row, mm -hmm. and uh, I specifically wanted to. Uh, 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 I guess uh, I, I it, maybe I sent it to like the Lady of Rage fan club. So <laughs> I went to Eminem's record release party at the House of Blues mm -hmm. when that came when that record came out. And uh, I, I, I don't even remember how I got on the list, but I, it was it was it was kind of an exclusive thing, or at least the area I was in, because I was like always know, exclusive with him upstairs. Yeah, like, well, I was upstairs, like where Dr. Dre and everybody was. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's kind of like the restaurant up there, too. Mm -hmm. So I got like a table and, uh, you know, it was packed. So people just kind of like they see an empty chair at your table. They're going to just sit down or whatever, you know. It, even if you're eating or whatever and uh anyways uh this girl sits down at my table along with her friends or whatever and and i i, I was like you're rage and she was like you know who i am and i was like <laughs> yeah and then uh i like mentioned that i had sent the tape and uh and, you know I, well, we had got to talking and then i just kind of mentioned it or whatever and she was like you know what i remember that i was gonna either get you or this other girl to dj for me and uh Suge and everybody thought it was a good idea and then uh you know the whole thing happened where like the you know dre left and this and that and uh you know it, it, it just didn't happen but i i was amazed that the tape had actually got to her eyes <laughs> yeah no that's what you always wonder because yeah. i mean man I've, i know when i know when i was traveling people would flood us with these little tapes and all kinds of things but so how did it get to how did it get in beck's hands where, where was beck right, from so beck was a little like so beck was from la i did send it to the dust brothers i did send it to geffen records and uh but ultimately like what i like to think happened was i i i was i had heard he was coming to town and i was like man if i could just get him this tape I know he'd want me to be his DJ because I'm be perfect for that, like two turntables and a microphone song, you know, performing live. And some girl was like, "You should just like tell him you're a reporter and like be a, do an interview <laughs> with him and stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, how do I do that?" And she was like, "Call his publicist." So I called his publicist. Wow. And then I like basically said like yeah i'm 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 a, I'm a, I'm a local writer i want to interview back you weren't with channel zero news like like uh, the tupac close. reporter were I was with, <laughs> close <laughs> it was it was uh it, it, what it what the, so there was this local paper hip-hop paper called it's a rap that uh dj johnny o would put out it looked like a legit it looked like the source magazine but it was just like a cleveland version of the source magazine yeah and uh I uh, sent them a copy of It's a Rap and uh, said I was this dude, circled a name, but that's my pin name or something. And, uh, you know, actually, if I would have probably got the interview, they probably would have used it. So it technically wasn't a lie because <laughs> I, I 
would have you know they probably would have printed it you know but uh anyways that uh, the the interview never happened and i just kind of was like to the ma to the tour manager i was like oh man this was they, they're probably gonna fire me for this because uh you know i, I just kind of said something like that and then i was just like well look man since i can't do the interview can you at least make sure he sees my tape i'm the usa champion dj man and he was like all right i'll make sure he sees the tape because i feel real bad that you don't get to do your interview and then uh that was in like july and then october came and i was djing in a club in akron and somebody brought spin magazine in and wanted me to sign it and i was like why and they were like because beck talks about you in this and i was like what and then it's like opened up and it's like the interviewer was like beck's watching a tape of dj swamp on uh the bus and says that he's like yeah i think i'm gonna use this guy and i was like what and then uh <laughs> what a way then, to find out yeah <laughs> i just gotta do yeah. and then uh it was maybe a week later i came home and there was a voicemail from beck and he left his phone number and I hey was key, like, key words on that voicemail <laughs> not even voicemail it was a tape like a tape, yep. me voice <laughs> message machine, or, yeah. answering machine message yep. that answering correct, machine yeah that's the correct uh, terminology and uh i called the number and it was answering machine i left a number this and that and tried to call again or whatever maybe like two weeks later i finally got him on the phone and then uh he basically was just like yeah so i want to bring you out here and jam and i was just kind of like okay and uh i had been working my job was driving a street sweeper for like four years and it was a great job for your early 20s i made hey, more money than anybody i hey real knew. quick I, I saw a street sweeper out here in vegas and it had a bumper sticker on it called and it said talk dirty to me uh, <laughs> but, so you were street sweeping at the time that beck reached out to you yeah yeah and then uh huh is that where the name swamp came from <laughs> That would actually be a good story. <laughs> this is after this is after he had the name, but that would be a really good story, though. <laughs> that would be... yeah, he, went, he, he went down to Florida. Yeah. So did you take a bus to see him, or did you get on a plane? I got on a plane, first class. Oh, he laid. How long had Beck been out? Had he been out for several years, or was he kind of new coming in, or what? What was his deal? Um, I think he'd been around for a couple couple years he was he he his record was almost platinum when when uh when uh i got in contact with him and uh then uh well anyways yeah it was so basically i i i just i i had to quit my job and that gave up like everything you know like the, all the like there because that's kind of job like if you quit you don't get to just come back like you know it was and yeah. uh, but it paid off and uh i ended up doing that for four years and literally was driving a street sweeper and a month later performing on the grammy awards oh my god <laughs> that's what theater folks do yes it is <laughs> so, so, what, so did you have to do like when you when you got when you first got to where beck was at did he like kind of want you to you know was it like an audition or was he just like you already got it or just well, how did that all i go? went there super prepared i mean i basically like you know went to the store and got every beck cd every record every you know and basically had five different options of what i could do to any song that he would pull out he didn't have such a big catalog then he only had like you know two or a couple albums and like some singles and weird be weird 
rarity kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, I had something for everything, and uh, basically I just snapped right into place when the rehearsals began. And uh, he was like, "Wow, I've never." met anybody so prepared in my life like he said he literally didn't have to ever tell me anything it was just kind of like you know i just did it and, and, and it and it and it worked dennis and, is over there looking like yeah i was part of that uh, <laughs> i was part of that preparation yeah so that that uh that lasted for you know four years and then uh at that point i had uh came out with a lot of scratch so, tools what, was there a reason why that ended after four years i mean i know i know beck kind of went off into a lot of different channels back uh, in his career i just feel like uh beck wanted to do other things you know he he was a folk artist to begin with who dabbled in hip-hop and the hip-hop took off and then you know he kind of went back to folk and tried to do some more uh party-ish R&B I don't know what you would call Midnight Vultures yeah. but uh, I really liked just, him because he was like an innovator man and you know I've yeah. heard stories of you know when Eminem came out you know and he kind of got dis- didn't, I don't know the word for it but he was kind of well, disturbed said in a mag- he said in it was either Rolling Stone or Spin Magazine he said Eminem and Kid Rock rap like Ferraris and I rap like a jalopy <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah I he, just, I was, do you know what a jalopy like is jalopy. Super James he, he explained yeah. it what? I said that's like a hoopty yes I didn't know what it, I didn't know what a jalopy was yeah. either but, but I, I, I I wasn't I wasn't going for that I was just like come on man you know I'm like hip-hop you know but you know i i think he i don't even know why he would put those guys in his category because he was you know even with his raps he was so different i mean it was so along the lines of rock and it was actually kind of like rock and rap yeah yeah that i don't see why like you know eminem just i believe was in a total different rap and obviously kid rock too he didn't even like how he sounded on loser that's why he he wrote the verses and then was just like Wow, I suck at rapping. I'm a loser. You know? He said, "I'm a loser, baby." <laughs> I mean, that's kind of that's 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 I wasn't there. Is that one of his biggest songs? I've read and what I've that's the biggest song. The biggest song. Yeah, okay. and that was pretty much. So that's his first bigger song. than I got two turntables and a microphone. Much bigger. Way bigger. Yeah, yeah and I it was re- also later in the career. So it's- I remember hearing that song over and over and over. Yeah. And didn't he? Uh, you know, I, I think I read he went on to he started dabbling in the Scientology a little bit or something of that nature. He married a girl who was a Scientologist. His father's Scientologist. He was raised Scientologist. I never saw anything Scientologist. About. Beck was raised as in he the, was raised in a Scientologist, the... oh, wow. and then but when I was in the group, there was I didn't know anything about it at all, and I kind of felt like how most of us are raised in religious families. When you get into your twenties, you kind of rebel against what was you know you were raised, and you just kind of do your own thing. And we were on the same page. I feel like that, but uh, when he uh like after after i was no longer in the group anymore after four years and he had a couple of records that didn't do as well they weren't as well received and you know he do you, cooled do you off think do you think like, that's because he they were missing the dj swamp element yes 100 percent. <laughs> but uh i i know that he uh married a girl uh 
Sugar Mama, right? She, she, no, no. Oh. Well, I mean, <laughs> didn't her she, dad she do was, something she's, big? Or? She, she's a famous actress named Marissa Rabisi, and she was in the movie Dazed and Confused. What? And, didn't, and she did, was in the Brady Bunch did movie. Her, she's a successful <laughs> actress, and her brother is yeah, I said Giovanni he got, he Ribisi, got a Sugar Mama. <laughs> who was in Avatar. I gotta see who she is. Yeah. I... I do you have that huge? Hey, hey, she's, nice, she's a very nice girl. She invited me to Beck's uh, 40th birthday party, and uh, I have nothing but good things to say about her. She's a very nice person. Was her father a director? Or I don't some, know anything no? about her father oh. or, or her family other than her brother Giovanni Ribisi, who's in. He's a huge A-list actor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. uh, so I, I he he said he was. There was there's many documented uh, documented interviews where he was promoting Scientology and saying that he was a Scientologist. But when he left the uh, when when he got divorced, mm -hmm. uh, he said that no, that was all a big misunderstanding. I'm you know I was never Forced a Scientologist, but no. that's what he said. That's the, that's all I know. Yeah. So what what behind the scenes? I mean, was he do I mean, was he a nice guy? Yes. Nice nice Very to work nice, with? very nice, very generous. Uh I really uh didn't realize how good I had it because it was my first time ever being on tour. So oh, yeah. Everybody gets a huge, you know, tour bus with a uh, you know, that's like the best you could possibly get and everybody gets their own plush hotel suite and you know, like I'm I you know, it was it was really like I got in at a great time. I mean, it was he was a four times, you know, the the record that we were promoting. It, it ultimately went four times platinum and we got treated really well. We got to stay in castles and, you know, <laughs> go perform on the Grammys. David Letterman, Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien, Saturday Night Live twice and the mm -hmm. VMAs. Everything. Did, did, I did ever you ever see any doing. of this, Dennis? <laughs> Did you sure. did you ever see Swamp on any of this stuff and yeah. yeah but I didn't know it was him. <laughs> ah, yeah. yeah but, you no, know it's... who came to see you dance when when we did that thing in 91? Jane Scott from the Cleveland Plain Dealer, mm -hmm. but who else? People from California came. You know, um my board in San Jose uh, all, was one of the first board members was Steve Wozniak. What? Founder of Apple. He was there? Yeah, he flew out. <laughs> <laughs> and he saw that show and he freaked out. He said, when are we getting this in, in San Jose? Well, wow. 10 years later, we did it. But uh, wow. eight years later. Oh, my God. But, yeah, he came all the time. He was he introduced me to how to work a computer because he used to watch me on the board putting names by hand. Wow. <laughs> you know, and ledgers and ledgers of names. And he said, how do you remember who's what and where? I said, well, you just get used to it after a while. He said, why don't you use a computer? I says. I don't know how to compute. <laughs> so he brought me a Macintosh. Oh, I remember and those. And he said, here, and practice, and here's some discs, and go for it. And then he out, he outfitted the whole office with Macintosh. Wow. wow. Holy and cow. he was also in the ballet. He, I, he was in Nutcracker. He he was uh, I, I made him a supernumerary in the Nutcracker. He became, he was the chestnut vendor. Wow. <laughs> so when you say nut, what did you have to do with the Nutcracker? You were you were a part well, of. Well, everybody has a Nutcracker per se yes. in this country, and mm -hmm. I created a Nutcracker for thirty-five years. Forty years it ran. Oh my uh, god! And where, where that was we, in San Jose or Cleveland and San everything. Jose. Wow! You're doing the back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, right? and so um, and we use a lot of people in that, and it, and it ran every year, nonstop, 
But Steve Wozniak, when he came on the board, I had auditions for children, for the little kids. And he loves children, and he always wanted to support children. And also on my board was Walter Lowenstern and his wife Karen Lowenstern. They're, they're the L in the ROM Corporation that made those first telephones for inter, intercoms. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And, and, St and uh, Steve Wozniak uh, met Karen, and he said, are you the wife of Lowenstern, the guy from Rome? And she said, yeah. And she's, and then he said, he's my biggest fan. I mean, you know, I, I love that guy. I have his picture over my desk in the garage. <laughs> and she said, well, we came to ask you to sit on our board. He said, yeah, sure, I'd love to. He came on the board. He paid for the renovation of that theater wow. in order for me to bring larger productions to San Jose because it was embedded with this shell for the orchestra into the stage with concrete Cause, and yeah. I couldn't do anything. Isn't it's San Jose, that's the- uh, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley, yeah, as yeah. I say, as a sil Silicon yeah. Valley guy. It's the most expensive city to live in today. I, it's crazy. I feel you. So I watched it grow from little heck town to a little, little, little house for an airport to this international airport today. Oh. Yeah, why do you think all these people, these big people like the Apple people and stuff like that, why, why do you think they all went there? To Silicon Valley. Like. It was an innovative place. Everybody was creating. It was a creative force, like Motown became. Yes. You know, because the, the talent was just there. It was free. It was innovative. The spirit, the weather was perfect. And it was cheap at that time. And they bought up land, and the people started innovating, and high tech just took as the headquarters, the, the, the wow. center of the world. And yeah, uh, all of these companies the popped up one after another. When I went to San Jose with my company in... Well, we moved finally in 2000, but we started in 84, 85. And uh, it was, I mean, I could have bought a house for $150,000 in the city right there. Mm -hmm. Now they're millions. You can't yeah. touch them. They're not even there. They've moved them. But when in the early days, you couldn't find a closet to rent. It was so hopping. Oh, yeah. I, I, I know how those people would be living in San Francisco. They're... Oh, it's impossible. They're like little shoeboxes. San Jose is the most expensive city in the country to live in. Is it? Yep. Even more even more than San Francisco? Practically, yep. Holy cow. Yep. That, that is, that's, that's actually nuts. So are you still in contact with Beck today? I mean, when was the last time did you guys ever come across each other again it's what's weird is i know exactly how you feel it's like you you yeah. spend a part of your life with these people and then Every it's like day. and it's kind of <laughs> like you you everybody kind of like moves go. on with their life and it's like you know you're like wait a minute you know didn't we didn't we spend a particular time together that i feel like you're going to always be in contact with that nobody person. said it's forever no yeah no, no <laughs> nobody said it was forever it doesn't work i just think like you know I, I, the, the last time i talked to him he just said you know i i, I kind of was like man you know when i performed with beck i did everything off vinyl there were no cdjs then there were no laptops there was none of that i did it all that live, means no super real James. vinyl i did it all real vinyl i got records pressed i had acetates it was all real vinyl and uh it was like now nobody would even think to try to do it that way you know it just they just say that's impossible but uh i think beck kind of likes that that's what it was when it was because mm -hmm. when i talked to him i was just like man the kind of things i could do now it's just you know with with uh is he still performing i mean i i think i've seen him or i think i've seen his name or yeah in yeah. the in the years yeah um, is, is he under a new entity or is he just is he still 
out there as Beck. He's still killing it. Still killing it. <laughs> yeah. same, is it everybody in the group the same except no, minus no the one. Nobody got no one. All, all new, all, all new he's people. He's gone through thousands, literally thousands of musicians, literally thousands. Now why do you did, why he, do you think he, that's so? He, he performed in a Lincoln car commercial with a thousand musicians. Oh my god! Like you can look that up. <laughs> a thousand musicians. That's what do you think true. that is that that makes him run through him like that? Like, well, his father is the biggest string arranger in in like the world or something like in Hollywood, David Campbell, and mm -hmm. he's probably what is that? What is a string arranger? All right, so you know the Green Day song. I hope you had the time. <laughs> That's Beck's dad. You gotcha. know the Lincoln Park song. <laughs> Beck's dad. Wow. You know oh, Evanescence, wow. all that orchestra. Beck's dad. Wow, so he came from He's a music huge. family. He, he was played just... on Marvin Gaye, uh, What's Going On, and, like, I'm not sure, but, like, t like his his credits. So, meaning, are, so, so then Beck was. way bigger than Beck. Beck was born into money then. <laughs> well, I, I shouldn't say he's way bigger than Beck, because it's like you're wearing popularity to whatever. To but credits and, and production rates. He's, mm -hmm. he's, he's very, uh, I'm sure he's very influenced by his father. His father works with a lot of musicians. Has worked with a lot of musicians. He's, 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 but, but he's kind of as big as Beck was, is, and will be. He's kind of still in his dad's shadow. Gotcha. Dad, I mean, is he still doing the same songs? Is he trying to push like new music? Yeah, like... people get pissed if he doesn't do Loser. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> the the thing that I've always found funny, it, it's you know, it goes right back to the Vanilla Ice days. Is uh. You I know, did all the scratching on his third album. Hard well, you kind of look like him in that video that we saw. You got the, you were, you're that tall guy. Shout out the, to Rob Van Winkle. Oh, that's that's my brother. Yeah. I, I talk to him more than I do back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know what's crazy is he, he came to Detroit one time, and uh, you know I booked him for a show, and he was like, "I'm not gonna do Ice Ice Baby," and I'm like. What am I, am I like? What, yeah. are, like, what are you? What are you gonna do? You know, and he actually, he actually yeah, went through song? a, yeah, he went through a phase where he he did a rock version of it. I did the scratching on that rock version. Yeah, of it. and he just said, you know, he just was like, I, you know, I'm over it. I don't, you know, I don't wanna. Um, he's just like, I don't wanna. I don't Think wanna about how many times it. he's performed that song. Like, yeah, literally I mean, in a couple of years. Well, like. that yeah, that's what I always wonder. Like, you know, I mean, there has to be a thing. It, it's like Beck with the loser. It's like. Do you ever think he gets up there and he's just like, Jesus, I'm singing this fucking well, song some, for the... There were definitely shows where he didn't do it and people were disappointed and... You yeah, know. it's like that with every every Everybody. performer. They're known for something and you got to do it. It's just... Yeah, you some something crazy being that uh, Dennis was from Detroit. Uh, so when Vanilla Ice came, he was wearing a, a shirt that said, fuck Iraq. It was when we were having issues with Iraq and... Uh, you know, little little to his known. Uh, you know, they they called Dearborn in Detroit, Little Iraq, little Iraq. <laughs> and uh, he 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 actually got bum rushed and never got to do the show by like at, by the Iraqi. You know, Detroit is known for a lot of Albanians and Chaldeans. We call them, and and yeah, they actually uh, beat him up. I guess I, I guess you would yeah. say now he didn't. You know, going back to him, he didn't know he was just supporting the. You know, Iraq was giving the U.S. a lot of problems. He didn't know Detroit was a <laughs> was a head. There was an area in Detroit that was all Iraq. Dearborn, all the, the Dearborn, the, the, yes. The most, 
the, the biggest Arabic population. Um, but you know, like it, it's it it goes right back. When I think of him, I think of Bone. You know, and it's like even Bone today. You know, when when I've seen them, you know, they they're always working on new stuff. But it's like that sound. When that sound sure. is gone, it's gone. And it's like people, they're always gonna want to hear your hits. They they don't they're not really interested in what you got new. Right. So you know, it, it's just like there was a time for that music, uh, with 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 Vanilla Ice. But I'm just like you know, same thing. It's like you killed it. You know, and you should be very proud of that. And I'm like, you know, I, I hate to, you know, see when people just get tired of like doing the same. The thing that made them who they are. From my perspective, because I was younger, like that's the fucking dopest time music was going on. That, so, I mean, dude, he was with he was with MC Hammer. I that was my first con. <laughs> that was my just for the record. That was the first concert I ever went to in my life was Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer, huh. and it was it was. No, I'm not frick- talking about Vanilla Ice. I'm oh. talking about Beck. Oh, Beck. I'm talking oh, yeah. about that little era of music around then. Because even there's like Fat Boy Slim around that time. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of different music with like rock and DJing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even like Limp Biscuit had a DJ in their rock band yeah what was limp biscuits dj name dj lethal lethal, lethal. oh yeah because house of pain i was gonna say I that's think, what I made think. limp everybody want to check out limp biscuit because or like book them on shows oh yeah the dj from house of pain's got a rock band yeah <laughs> I, th- I think i know a crew in detroit who had a problem with mr dj uh, lethal I don't, I don't know what the problem was but <laughs> there was something so when so when you when you split from beck did you try you know did you look to other things i mean no, did you... i was hot then I, there were so many things i was turning down because i was committed to beck and touring with beck it was like i was getting offers for movies like i could have been in the movie dogma but i couldn't Ooh. do it because we were going on tour in europe and uh a yeah. uh, lot of things like that so when it ended it ended at like a good time because okay now i can do this you know and i did, you know, I probably wouldn't have been in the movie Clock Stoppers if I was busy with Beck, or I wouldn't have uh, ended up in some documentaries. I wouldn't have done as many. What was I? I forgot and, whose music video you told me one time you were in. You, I think you've been in multiple videos, but what was we were one? talking about uh, Carmen Electra. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been in a lot of people's music videos. Uh, yeah, you've uh, said some funny ones to me. Been in ministry music videos. Been in uh, this group. OPM. Uh, I've been in a lot of lot of people's music. I was in Beck vi- music videos. I was the drummer in the in the Sex Laws video, uh, but playing trash cans with big wrenches because uh, I was I was I was gonna be in the video anyway. But then the drummer was sick and didn't show up, and they were just like, "Swamp, you're the drummer now." <laughs> so I had to sit there beating with like literally real wrenches, like you know, all day long beating on the drums, but. Wow. I think I'm the thumbnail on YouTube of for uh, Sex Laws video. Back. <laughs> wow, and Jack man. Black was in that video too. And uh, Jack Black, also, where did he go? Yeah. Oh, Jack Black's killing it. Uh, yeah. And then uh, funny fun fact: the the beginning skit with uh, Jack Black and some other guys in the Sex Laws video. One of them is Neil Strauss, who wrote many rock books, including uh, the game. 
You know the oh, game? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he wrote it. the game. I'm like, I'm like, I'm from, I'm from Detroit. We don't read books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is that? It was a book on uh, picking up women. That's him. Yeah. That's, that's him. That's him. <laughs> that's him? Dude wrote yeah, the game. Before he shaved his head. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And he was a breakdancer. And this is Jack Black right here? That's Jack Black. Jack Black, yeah. Before he really blew up. Is there any shows or, or events or anything that you can think back on that you passed out that you really regret or think that you would have helped you in any other way besides hey, being I can tell you right off right now you regret not going with Eminem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or actually actually I, or Kid Rock. <laughs> you know. I don't I don't regret the Kid Rock thing because uh well, I don't re really regret either of them because I would have been it would have meant quitting back. At a time when Beck was bigger. Yeah, no, you definitely wouldn't. And, uh, and I, think I just you couldn't. Have right. No one could have predicted Eminem, and I definitely didn't. Uh, I, I, I think I wouldn't have been as happy with Kid Rock as I was with Beck. Yeah, I was really happy with the credibility, and I was really happy with the music, and I was really learning a lot from the people that were around him and that kind of thing. Where how many people were involved with Beck? Like, how many people were actually in the, I guess, the group? I mean, it was always changing, you know. Yeah. But I, at, at one point, I was in the longest, like for four years, I was in there longer than any everybody except the bass player, who was only in there a little bit longer than me. Now those people from the start, I mean, were they are they part of royalties? I mean, from being in the original Beck? I don't think so. No, yeah. it just goes on. What is? Oh man, that's me playing the wrenches. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Man, every time I see a picture of Swamp, he looks different, right? right? Jeez. <laughs> now, what about music-wise, man? About uh, like your scratch records and uh, some of the music you put out uh, yeah. on your own. Yeah, speak on that. Well, uh, I invented the Skip Proof Scratch tool mm -hmm. that now... I still have every, some of those. Yeah, now any record that's made like a scratch tool, mm -hmm. everybody has, you know, copied that, that formula right. that I came up with when I was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I came up with the idea when I was 17 years old. I, did, I wasn't able to execute it till I had the money when I was 25 and wow. made a bunch of money. You, you sat know. on that idea that long. Well, it was more like I thought somebody else was going to do it. Mm -hmm. And it just come never with a happened. Skip proof record like that. And yeah. uh, then nobody ever did it. And then I finally w had the money to experiment and do it myself. Mm -hmm. And at first, people just thought it was, you know, they didn't understand it and stuff right. like that. It was more like when everybody started copying it. Then, I'm like yeah. everybody's like favorite DJ's favorite DJ's <laughs> worst nightmare. Yeah. But like uh, <laughs> as far as uh, they... Uh, so when they started copying it, that's when everybody was like, oh, now we that get dude it. has ideas, mm -hmm. you know? You were and, thinking outside the box. Yeah, and then I came <laughs> out with, like, guitar tone records and loop, lock groove, uh, drum and bass records. And, uh, you know, I've got, I've got new ones coming out, too, new ideas. I'm still thinking of ideas. Still, they, they're, they're still coming to me, you know, and I'm still... You know, I got I got a lot of ideas. I'm still. Do you, do you still feel like you're? Stuff. Do you feel like today you're you're just as as passionate as you were back then, as far as music and wanting to get out there and do shows and. Well, there's there was been times where I was burnt out, but lately, yeah, lately I'm very passionate about it. It's like you know I know how things get, and uh, I, you know when when. When things slowed down this year because of the uh, pandemic, 
I had been going nonstop for 25 years. There wasn't a time when I didn't know I had a show next week or next month I got three shows. I never took a break. Like, I'm just, no shows this year or no shows for six months. I never did that. Yeah. I was always going, 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 going. It took a worldwide plague to, like, make me chill out for a minute. <laughs> and yeah. so I kind of, like, uh, you know, I, 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 I didn't mind it being slow. You know, but at the same time, it gave me ch chances to do other things, write songs, and you know, do a lot of things. So, so, how about in being in 2021 and the way the landscape obviously music has changed a lot? Is there any artist out there right now that you would be like, you know what, I would DJ for him? Any of these young cats that are in the game right now? Well, I was supposed to DJ for Ghost Main. And that would have, I was excited about that. I mean, it was, it was like I was in ministry. I have the text messages. We went back and forth and, uh, he was all into it. And I was, you know, at least going to scratch on some of his songs. You know, I was sure that it would probably lead to me touring with him and things. And I had met him and it was cool. But I mean, I caught him when he was like, really like nobody at the time. I mean, I wouldn't say nobody, but before he got mega huge, like now. And, uh, yeah, just I don't know. His number got changed or whatever, and uh, he just became, you know, unaccessible. What, what, what about like you know like a lot of these people that I see today? You know, I guess they're referred to as mumble rappers. You know, it's really <laughs> it's really hard for me to get a grip on it. But like, what what would you what would you do? Say let, let let's say a little pump came to you and, and said, "Hey, DJ Swamp, I want you as my DJ." Would you, you know, would would you be opposed? To this it young depends on if clip. I have anything better to do or not. If I don't have anything better to do, <laughs> might as well. Absolutely, might. you know. I've, I've never, like I said, I never took a break, never stopped. If I don't have anything better to do, you know, it's funny with your vibe. Like I, when 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 I'm sitting here looking at you, I was sitting here trying to run these names through my head. I'm like, I could see this guy with Post Malone. Oh yeah. And, and it's because you know this is the thing with Post Malone. He came out and he kind of affiliated himself with this mumble rap. And then, you know, we actually saw him at Coachella a few years ago. And that's when I realized, you know, like outside of, I don't even know why he affiliated himself with mumble rap, but he's actually a really good musician. Like, I mean, he, he plays he's a lot a of, yeah, a lot of instruments, awesome. but I'm like, I feel like his, I feel like your vibe would be good with, uh, with somebody like that. If it was, you know, to, to come to fruition. And I feel like. Post Malone is definitely an artist that thinks outside of the box. So I think you need to send somebody a tape <laughs> or, or something. Whoa. Get 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 to the thing or I mean um uh I, there there what was it there was some mixtape he had out. When he first came out, there was a mixtape. It wasn't the album, but it was a mixtape. And there was a song on there I liked a lot. And I played it when I was doing the Burning Man radio show. Because I did Burning Man radio for five years at, out, out on the playa. And uh, I remember playing that on my show. And people probably didn't even know what it was or anything like that. But it, I'm trying to, I don't even remember which song it was. But it was good. Like, yeah. I was definitely a fan of that song. It was, it, and it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't necessarily a fan of White Iverson. <laughs> yeah, but, no, for uh, sure. I, I, but. But I don't put anything past anybody, I, 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 and and I'm not, I I'm not anti mumble rap. I don't even know what mumble rap is. To me, it's all like, <laughs> you know, it's all music, and it, it makes sense to me. It's just, uh, I, I I there are plenty. The, the song "Copy Me" by Migos, I love that. I love that Murder Beats yep. production. Awesome. I have nothing back. I and DJ Durrell, who DJs for the Migos from Cleveland, and 
Well, when Cleveland. I met him, he had nothing but love for me. So I have I have more than the most respect on for the quote unquote kings of mumble rap. Kings of mumble rap. It's just an era. What do you got over there, Domo? Uh, well, I want to talk about your magic tricks in the fire that you <laughs> add to your DJing. Right on. Well, you know, in 2014, I got to rock the Magic Castle in Hollywood, and that was that was a total honor and uh, an unbelievable experience to have got to do that. Uh, I'd always kind of like I'd been doing the fire for a long time. But like the the magic kind of took off in 2010. I just uh, and a lot of it was when I came to two, in 2011 when you got me the the residency at the Palms Casino out here and mm -hmm. I just for whatever reason fell into a whole clique of magicians. Out here. <laughs> well, that's what you know. What's crazy? It's like I I think to myself, you know, like you know, I remember you telling me back then, you know, you're like, you know, I'm always, you know, you're always. Like, it, it seems like you're always trying to reinvent or, or keep it interesting. And it's like, I feel like a lot of these DJs, you know, they just get into the same groove, the same thing, you know, and, and they're going in. It's, and it's like, why aren't they thinking outside the box? Like, why aren't they like thinking, like, how can I hone this craft or, you know, the, so like when you add it, fire and magic, I mean, it, it just takes it to like a whole nother level. Like, is that pyro? Is that what kind is it called pyrotech pyrotechnic oh uh, some things uh, it would be considered pyro and some would be considered not <laughs> but they're still fire <laughs> <laughs> no, i i remember uh so i had a guy who used to do all the bookings at my club in detroit and he was like he was really outside of the box and he came to me and he's like hey man i got this guy dj swamp and He's going to light some shit on fire in the club. <laughs> and I, I didn't even you know at the time I was I was like, cool. And, uh, you know, the fire marshal arrives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, exactly. listen, every everybody can be paid off in, De in the city of Detroit back then. Uh, when, but yeah. When you scratch, do you do the same? Do you look to do the same every time or is it different every time? Do you improvise? Well, some things you hope are the same every time and some things you <laughs> kind of want. Uh, you 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 want to you feel the moment you want to evolve yeah man yeah. so so super james so your your era were you familiar with dj swamp yeah no, that's what i'm saying i still have those scratch proof uh records at skip the house proof. the skip proof um, who who labeled it skip proof i mean what I, did, I labeled it skip proof and then other people is more commonly known as skip lists but that's like you know but how are you that confident that it wasn't going to skip I mean, what was it's <laughs> impossible. <laughs> it's uh, the same sound, the same sample in a straight line, no matter how much. So you if the needle skips, it's going to land the in the same sound. exact spot. No yeah. matter oh, what. Wow, yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. I'm glad we got that out of the way because I was sitting there thinking the whole time. I saw your record. It said scratch proof that you had yesterday. It's not I'm... scratch proof. Skip proof. <laughs> skip proof. If there's scratch like, proof, there'd be yeah. no point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's I... a couple. There's a, you had a couple. Of, how many did you put out? like 20 yeah there's a there's a roll of them yeah. so is that what and i'm still coming out a new one coming out wearing my mask ep it, it's a seven inch hopefully we do 12 inch too we're working out that deal but but yeah besides the be, scratch stuff you have gonna be music scratching it's well those are songs but there's also uh scratch tools on it as really? well just like my last seven inch that yeah. was uh 3d yeah, make sure you color. guys all check out the Wearing My Mask video by DJ Swamp. It's, yeah. his, it's his newest. And get the Wearing My Mask EP at djswamp.com or it's on Spotify and uh, 
iTunes yeah. now, and uh, yeah, it's a four-song EP, and the uh, seven-inch when it comes out, it's gonna have a lenticular cover on it, and uh, uh, some extra bonus things that aren't on the digital d platforms, uh, and the uh, scratching tools. There Always you go, thinking super, above. That's what I There's said. You, got, you gotta, you gotta. Yep. This is the wearing my mask video. Yep. That was the fat one of the fastest songs and videos I ever made, and I think it was my best video. Who so who far. was the uh, that that's an interesting uh, looking guy? Who was yeah. the guitar player? Angel Nightmare. Angel Nightmare. Yep. Angel Nightmare is the lead singer of the death metal band Midnight Nightmare, and he's also uh, the guitar player for a very popular band called Dawn of Ashes. Yeah. But he's also. A, frequent collaborator with me and uh co-produced my whole ep and uh yeah can, can he break dance no <laughs> <laughs> what about you how, how long has it been since you've done a head spin i was in when i when whenever the um whenever we did i have a song called mind control that i shot in denver and uh, I, I was doing it then. I was nowhere near as good as I used to be. <laughs> but I did do it. And people were like, they couldn't Tripping believe it. Out, like, oh, no. we were... That was probably two. That was probably uh, less than 10 years ago. We, we were talking last night after the show. And I, I was, you know, I, we were talking about the head spin. And I think you mentioned to me, you're like, yeah. I thought about going out there and trying it, you know, just like, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's got to be worth it. It's got to be the situation where it's really worth it. 2011? No, like you were, when we were talking last night, I was like, you know, you ever think about just busting that out or whatever? And you were, you, I don't know what you said, but it, it was funny. The mind funny. is willing, the body is not. No, yes. Yeah, because I'm like, uh, I don't even think I can do a handstand, no. let alone a head spin. You hurt yourself really bad. Oh, yeah, for, for, for sure. Domo looked like you had all kinds of stuff wrote down over there oh, what do you got going on I over there it was just topics today. What, what type of topics <laughs> what, what is your crazy topic for the day so you know lady gaga's uh the dog snapper. oh yeah the dog walker he survived oh yeah he shot him how many times today uh, he shot him a couple times a couple times hey what what i thought about that yeah. uh so so lady gaga's dog walker actually got uh what do you call it robbed, robbed of the uh, and, and and shot and i mean all i heard in the headlines was that lady gaga was offering a half a million dollar reward for the return of her dog yes, but i'm like but what about the walker, what, what about the walker? i know like, i'm sure i'm sure she's paying his bills so how did she get her dogs back some lady hey, found them in an alley hey just randomly. and you know what hey and you know what the fbi has researched oh, that lady I'm for sure. who's her brother cousin yeah, dad yeah. Like, it's gonna come back somehow some way you don't that's that's that, crazy that that, that, that was the setup. I said whoever gets that return is going to get taken down for that crime. Yeah, because gonna, money's not going to. That that's probably money. why she offered that because she knows whoever gives yeah. them back is going to be part of it. She'll get that money back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he goes, he goes, yeah, we won. You got your babies back. It's like, what the fuck? You just got hit for a dog. <laughs> yeah, that, hey, I, I tell you one oh. thing: is she an out of L.A.? Yeah, LA course. LA walking and dog walking is very serious business. Those people mean <laughs> business with the dogs. Uh, people get magic. Uh, Tom Cruise does magic tricks on TikTok. See, we gotta we gotta see this. So. Yeah, is he, is he going through a phase? Is he, uh, going, yeah, he's, he goes he's through his phases where he's just on another planet. I, I said ever since he slid across the floor in his underwear and socks on risky business, he's <laughs> he's uh. Yeah, I mean, what's funny is like he's such a big actor, and I feel like when people are on that level. 
that uh, they never leave that acting lifestyle. When I, when I saw this. Yeah. He's a, well, that's talking about a performer repeating themselves or doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. Oh, he wants to right. see it. Hey, do you if got it any, works, it works. Do you got any volume on that, Hugh? It's the real thing. <laughs> I mean, uh, it looks the same. It's all the real thing. <laughs> What's up, TikTok? You guys cool down. if I play some sports? I love it. Put that volume down a little. More for the audio experience. As much as the momentum. Hey, listen up, sports and TikTok fans. If you like what you're seeing, just wait till what's coming next. Jesus. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know about that. Wow. When was the magic? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the last one had anything to do with the anything. The first but... one was more of the magic yeah, trick. That but wasn't a very good trick. I guess he's no. doing like, these little creepy videos. It's a deep fake. That's not actually him. Oh, that's well, there you go. That's yeah, what is Because it looks oh, really? kind of so fake. They, it's, it's a computer program that'll that'll take existing images and place it over somebody else's face. Really? So I, that was pretty good, though. I was about... I was, that was pretty good. Man, that just turned a page, but I was like... What's the point I didn't think Tom Cruise, though, would do something so kind of kind of tacky a little bit for an A-lister to... to to do swamp was looking like oh, he can't fuck with me on the magic <laughs> he's uh, still trying to figure out where the magic was yeah, they're, they're actually, <laughs> what did you just make me watch that was i just dropped the coin trick well yeah, it was yeah. trending today on twitter so everybody was talking so about you're it. saying that wasn't even tom cruise nope. you Nope. Oh, I can wow. see wow. Okay. That just that just okay. took it to another level. <laughs> that, his, I'm giving him a street credit back a little bit cuz that really uh, How can you tell? No, that's just true. That's, yeah. that's yeah. why it was trending. Is because the technology has progressed so much. I see. That, it's that really did look like to differentiate yeah. that was what's good. real and what's fake. So you don't need people anymore to make movies. Yeah. But Wasn't that what you that were just saying, Swamp? We were talking about it. You were saying that there was a program that you could type stuff in and it would actually sing it for you, and you feel like that's what's gonna. Yeah, I mean, it's not quite. <coughs> it's not quite there, but I do see the future of being able to do that, and you just. Like no vocalist at all. Make 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 Michael Jackson be your backup singer. Make Mariah Carey the lead singer of your oh, song, oh whatever God. you know. Just so that's gonna be a mess. It's definitely coming. It's it's probably already here, just not readily available to yeah. anybody. Imaging but. too. I mean, even Michael, they had him on his show here. It looked like it was Michael on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah they. Did. I, I remember. Yeah, it was the best part of the show, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't him. It was yeah. a hologram. Tupac hologram. Yeah. That was yeah. All that. Yep. Uh, yeah. What was it, what was it though? The, 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 um, the, uh, oh yeah. I, I don't think that that was computer. I think that was makeup. I think that was, uh, that looked like, uh, prosthetic kind of face thing or whatever. Oh. They probably, they might have like filtered it some too. Looked but pretty good. It yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. I would have yeah. never, no, never guessed that. I wouldn't have guessed I, it, that. I definitely look, it definitely, I was, I thought it was Tom Cruise, but with some weird stuff on his face. Yeah. Think but, I can uh, get some head spinners like that? <laughs> Tom Cruise head spinning? <laughs> yeah, actually, sure. You could probably you sure do that. Yeah, easy. Yeah, is there, easy. is there any artists out there that you want to collab with? Like if you had the chance to collab with them? 
Super James like baby bash? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I kind of stopped wishing because sometimes they disappointed me when it happened. That's the worst. Yeah, so I'm happy to collaborate with uh, most people, you know, that if it's, you know, good and or something that's, you know. Like an equal exchange of value. Yeah, some something like uh, I mean, you know, I've been on everything from Kid Rock to Katy Perry and stuff like that. And uh, you weren't in the fireworks on. song, were you? I'm just, I think, I'm just the, kidding. Al- ba- album, ba- baby, I'm a firework. I was, I was on her first single called "You're So Gay." I did scratching on that song. <laughs> and, where, uh, where, where has Katy Perry been, by the way? She had a baby. Oh, she, she did. Yeah, oh. Okay, she's hiding. She's hiding in out. the Illuminati, and, uh... man. She's not <laughs> yeah. And then I'm, I'm looking at your shirt. Who's who's this designer, Domo? And oh. I'm I'm seeing the Marlboro Man, and I'm thinking okay. of Camel cigarettes. I mean, not the Marlboro so Man. I'm thinking this, of this. So this is my friend uh, James Wild XO. She's a street artist in LA. So she sent me some shirts. So yeah. it's supposed to like you know make you feel an emotion. Did it make you feel an emotion? Yeah. You noticed it. Yeah. I, I, I did notice it. I was I was just I was just looking at your shirt and I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> so, street artists in L.A. L.A. Why is everything Check cool? Everything cool comes from L.A. Because they got style, they got vibe. Just because they're from L.A. Yeah. yeah. You got any other yeah, trend? Everything in L.A. cool came from somewhere else. Yeah, and they yeah. just copied it. Detroit it or Cleveland? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody in L.A. Detroit's pretty cool. Everybody just tries to. It's like a magnet for a lot of sure. things, and then at the same time, the people who grew up there they can't wait to like move to New York or somewhere else <laughs> different. It's they, a big they, vicious somewhere circle. Somewhere they haven't spent their whole life, and then they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's not like it used to be when I was a kid," you know. So they yeah. go somewhere else. Dennis, did you like so Detroit or Cleveland? What was your city well, of choice? Well, I grew up in Detroit, and then I left and went to New York, and then I moved to Cleveland. I feel like I hear a little New York in your accent. Yeah, I lived Did in New you? York about 20 years. Yep. Oh, yeah, oh, definitely yeah. pick it up at yep. that time. I got it. And then we were in Cleveland, and then I went from Cleveland to San Jose. Hmm. And now Las Some Vegas. big changes right there. Yeah, yeah how did you Yeah, how did you end up What what was uh, how did you end up here in Vegas? It was just I have a warehouse that I purchased and um store because warehouse facilities were far few in between in the Silicon Valley. I had a huge warehouse uh outside of San Jose, close to Sacramento, but that was a two and a half hour drive because it was the only place I could rent that was 190 square thousand square feet for hundreds of productions. And then when all that collapsed or moved away, they got moved to another warehouse and now it's going somewhere else down south in California. But I had so much stuff that I looked all over the country for another place to store stuff. and lo and behold, Las Vegas seemed to be the best place for me at the time because I could get here quickly from San Jose. Mm. Well, the drive, if I was driving, became tired after a while. And since I had to move or I was planning to move out of San Jose when I left my company, we said, let's move to Las Vegas. And I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love Vegas too. Nine miles from my warehouse, so I can get to work every day without. In that warehouse, do you think it's a bunch of clips like that DJ Swamp would be looking for <laughs> some, somewhere in that warehouse? There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Those tights I was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Those are still there too. Yeah. Those clothes are still hanging around. Yeah. Yep. It's it's too bad the hard rock left, or we could have put 
We could have we could have put DJ. I, I I still can't believe the hard rock is. Leaving. I can't believe it. Either. It's, crazy. It, it's that was such a staple to me when I moved here in '05. Like that was the spot and. Yeah. And it's like, we're, you know, like, I wonder, like, what are they doing with all these artists, you know, outfits? And, I mean, did they do an auction? Yeah, did they, they did. like, what? Well, they the did? company, they, they the company Hard Rock, they moved those around to, like, all their properties. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I think they, they were doing an auction. Yeah, they, they sold some of the lesser valued stuff. And oh, the high yeah. stuff got shifted to their other I'm sure the Elvis estate came and pulled all that stuff. Too. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, they don't own all of it. A lot of it's just loaned out from the mm. estates. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be weird not having that anymore. Yeah, the heart. Yeah, even though I mean, I, from what I've seen, this company Virgin. Uh, yeah. Uh, they've done a great job. I it mean, it looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it already yeah, looked. You know, they, they that new tower at the Hard Rock already looked beautiful. But I mean, what they've done to the outside of the building uh, is is pretty incredible. So. I'm expecting, hope you know, still won't be. Things I don't. Are valuable to people if you can use them, you know, and if there's a, yes, if there's a reason for them. I mean, it's like most theater companies around the country haven't been open and have lost their everything, and can't stay open, but they have an inventory of art, either mm. sculptures or artworks or productions, drops that are beautifully painted that are worth a lot of money, or artists, you know, famous artists that made costumes, and so all of that stuff is on the auction block a lot being sold because they just can't either one they can't use them or two they will never use them again they're not going to reopen they're not yeah. going to be open to use yeah. them they don't have the clientele uh, anymore yeah. so those things are gone it's like a bygone even when they were tearing down the theaters in cleveland remember the hippodrome theater mm. on euclid avenue it was bigger than the radio city music hall yeah and they started tearing that thing down and i freaked when they were bullying the bulldozer in there and i ran in i said what are you doing and they said we're tearing down this place it's going to be a parking lot and i said well, can I get those chandeliers and, and get, can I get those, those released before you smash them? She said, you better hurry up and get them if you want them. <laughs> you got to beat the bulldozer. The bulldozer <laughs> and I said, well, don't, don't smash them. I'll be right back. I went and got my car and some towels and came and wrapped things up. And wow. she said, you got to pay for them. And I said, well, how much you want? She said, I want a dollar for each one. So I gave her like $50 for 50 pieces <laughs> that wow. I put on the stage wow. in the performance at the playhouse. Huh. And are I said, these these ornaments are from the famous Hippodrome Theater. Wow. That's awesome. Are they closing theaters because it's like they're not giving enough funding? Well, yeah, there's no audience. Nobody can go to the theaters anymore. I mean, yeah. you know, some theaters are open. There's a 2,000-seat house, for instance, 500 people because yeah. you got to space them. Can't even well, cover your you overhead. Do, how do you do a yeah. performance yeah. with 35, yeah. 40 people on the stage and 500 people in the theater? And you can't pay for anything, but yeah. it's funding. So if you're yeah. funded... And they get funded from the from the state or the government then they pay people because that's what they do they just pay the people to keep working but then you got to redo the productions because you got to be social distanced on the stage <laughs> how do you dance with how a mask you on that? your yeah. face yeah. Oh, that looks no. terrible because you you really can't emote can't show anybody anything and so i don't know i don't know where it's going they're doing performances outdoors and you know they're getting parking. They're, you park your car like a drive-in, oh and you look oh, at yeah. you yeah. drive through stage concerts. And you stay in your car and you watch. There's no audience participation per se anymore. It's a whole Changes different whole way to go. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big UFC fan. I mean any any sport, and I'm just like yeah. you know in in stadiums even for football and stuff. That crowd makes such a difference in oh, momentum. Makes the game or breaks the game. I can't it, imagine it, it, playing a, a football stadium empty. Well, even like, like UFC. I mean, yeah. like you're fighting another guy, and there's like no nobody audience there. nobody no to energy. No energy. to shift the energy it's yeah. just weird did you um, see that uh, interview with Poirier on Rogan no he because he, he was asking him like how did you feel about going into the octagon 
against Connor, and he's like, honestly, he's like, it was a breeze. He's like, because normally I'm not having all these crazy people like yelling. <laughs> all the crazy like, Irish people. You're gonna die. And all shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he said it was really easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sh I'm sure a lot of you know, especially for fighters, I'm yeah. sure a lot of people get anxiety. So to yeah, <laughs> not have them. It's hard to perform for air. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's right. nobody out there clapping or yeah. responding to what you're doing, so you have no idea where you are as a performer. Yeah. You're lost. I, I'm seeing that now, you know, everybody, especially with the DJs and stuff, everybody's yeah. live streaming. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, it's so hard to get in the groove when you're not performing to anybody. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I see them do it, you know, and they, you know, and they're trying, you know, everybody's doing the best that they can right now. Sure. But just to stay in shape. Just, yeah. just yeah. to stay, stay, yeah, yeah stay relevant. Like Joey Diaz, he does like comedy. He was doing it live stream, but he's like, I don't want to do it no more because you, it doesn't, you can't. It's frustrating. It's not the same yeah. effect. Yeah. No, you got to play your audience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. So. But um, on UFC, um, Nate Diaz just masked it all. Oh, speak, speaking of Nate Diaz, uh, Nate and Nick Diaz, uh, Nick Diaz has a new tequila out. Can you get a zoom on this? Hugh, it's called Haze. Uh, everybody knows that's here. This is definitely Diaz country in this, in this studio. So it, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy that, uh, he actually came out with a tequila. Uh, haven't tried it yet, but we will Can you be get it anywhere. Uh, you know what? I don't know. Uh, his his <laughs> his partner was supposed to bring us some more today, and he, he didn't get here. But I'm I'm assuming that they're distributing it sure every can. you know Please. everywhere. But uh, they said their headquarters is here. Yeah. So shout out to them uh, for this haze. But when you buy it, the bottle is full, right? The bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone yeah. someone thought they were so, slicking. So so they gave it to me, and like I said, I was gonna hang it as a memento. And I came in here last night, and I'm like, who the hell took a drink out of the bottle? And it was the Spark Girl. <laughs> she she was like i just did a couple shots i was like oh looks great but i was like but but, but you know what i was like why did you only bring us one bottle like what would you, we, we, you know you should have you brought us a case to start do you have any mementos we can hang of you swamp uh i gave him some posters i got some yeah, records he, oh yeah okay. you got we put put the broken burned record on the wall oh yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so we always tell people man please bring us stuff we, yeah. we like to put little odd uh odd things around the studio but uh it was great having you guys uh yes. we're gonna wrap Pleasure. this up so today dennis in. thank you so much that was crazy yeah. that that you guys could connect and this yeah. could happen because it really amazing. adds to the story yeah. really yeah. hey kind of is wonderful like yeah like it was funny because i thank it, you for coming <laughs> it, it, no he what was funny was it's like i i had that feeling like you know on springer when there's like bring them out you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you, you don't know what no one's coming and and <laughs> And it's funny because just subconsciously you wonder, and I mean, I think in, in the three days, you know, we were discussing this, he asked me probably 10 to 15 times, like, do you think he's going to come? And I was like, <laughs> if he said he was coming, he's coming. You know, I said, I said, he, somebody from Detroit, they're not going to say they're coming <laughs> and not come. So I'm like, I'm pretty confident he, he's going to come. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a very interesting thing, uh, to, uh, reconnect with somebody. I don't even, I was telling Swamp yesterday, I don't even, I can't even name a teacher I had, let, <laughs> let, a, let alone, let alone connect it's with them. It's an amazing, yeah. it's an amazing turn of events. Yes. How so. things happen and then where they wind up and yeah, uh, well, the spinning definitely. that you go through in life and look what he's doing. I know, <laughs> so proud. I know. It's amazing. Yep. So. It's wonderful. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming through.